I've spent the last 12 years attempting to build the ultimate clinic gym hybrid facility where we offer advanced sports chiropractic and the ultimate in exercise progressions. Now I've sold that business and decided to take the plunge to create a massive change within the world of chiropractic. My goal is to get a hundred other chiropractors to completely revolutionize our industry and provide exactly what we want our patients to experience while helping to double our profits and maximize the license that we're given. But the real question is this, how can we create this massive change without becoming sleazy salespeople or doing crazy marketing efforts? This podcast has the answers. So follow along as I learn, apply, and share the information from the best minds out there into this Clinic Gym Radio. I'm Josh Satterley, and I'm happy to have you here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm joined today by the greatest beard in all of sports chiropractic. <laughs> Mounted on the face of Dr. Todd Riddle. Todd, how are you, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're like Samson, right? The beard gives you the strength. It is. It's where all my power is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, you, know, you could shave a couple fibers off and send them my way, and I just I get smarter just being around them, right? I never thought about it. Maybe I'll start bottling them up. That's about yeah. the most Harvesting. disgusting idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if anybody's still listening after that strange intro, uh, yeah. can you give everybody a little bit of idea where you're and you're joining us from Houston, but give everybody a, a little taste of who you are, where you're at. and uh, Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently sitting on the campus of Texas Chiropractic College where I'm um, an, an assistant professor, uh, mainly in therapeutics, teach active and passive rehabilitation, soft tissue, uh, orthopedics, um, diagnosis, all, all the fun stuff that you know we, we all try to forget once we get the out of The stuff here. where we actually put hands <laughs> on patients though, right? Yes, exactly Not right. Hands on textbooks? Yeah. Not on, no, 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 hands-on textbook. Um, but uh, also um, kind of hop around the world when I get a chance to teach factor, functional, and kinetic treatment with rehab. So um, I work with my wife in that regard and then work over here at the, uh, the school to, um, to do it professionally as well. Awesome. And yeah. uh, how long have you been involved with factor? So I've been uh, officially involved with factor, I want to say since 2013, but had met Tom uh, Hyde, the co-founder of Factor, uh, several years before that. So I've been using it for some time, but officially involved as an instructor since about 2013-ish. I can't believe you said as a co-founder. I w- you would have to make it like a, uh, a chemistry equation, say co-factor. Co- oh, there you go. Co-factor. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've been doing that since, would you say, 2013? 13, somewhere there. Yeah. 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 And how long have you been a, a, an instructor at uh, Chiropractic College? So I got actually initially started right out of school. That's kind of a, a weird story. So we may as well go ahead and let that cat out of the bag. Um, went to Sherman and hold on. Can, yeah. Anybody that almost crashed their car, come back to reality. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. Wake you, up. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. It's evidence-based. <laughs> evidence of now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, let me just, let me jump into that story real quick. I ended up, um, at Sherman for a, a wide variety of, reasons, but mostly was um, because of the geographic location. Okay. Um, and, and this fits exactly with what we were going to talk about. Uh, I owned a sports performance center in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. Very and cool. yeah, I was only about an hour south. So not doing enough of my homework. I, I ended up at Sherman, mostly because of location. And within about the first day, I realized I had um, probably made a mistake. But uh, I could not and did not want to get rid of my business in Charlotte because it was actually going to be part of my greater plan, much to your point. Uh, I was going to incorporate my gym into my clinic. So I was going to run a sports performance, sports chiropractic 
uh, so, type office. So going back to that point, you were running a yeah. sports performance uh, facility and you decided to go to chiropractic college as a, to expand your own skill set, basically. As an adjunct. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, right. Which, you know, you didn't know the, the battle that was within our profession, but. Well, and, and at that time, the, the profession was going through a little bit of a weird spot. Not that we don't have enough of those already, but um, life was going through their, their accreditation issues at the time. So that really mm-hmm. wasn't, um, you know, on my radar. And I think yeah, Palmer, Flo- yeah, Palmer, Florida was on a wait list at that time too. So Sherman was from SCU and I think the third day of class, six people showed up. Yeah, exactly. Atlanta. Okay. So, so just geographically it worked out, uh, from that standpoint, but yeah. you know, academically there, let's say philosophically there was, there was a lot to, to be desired, but, um, yeah. So I, uh, ended up at Sherman because I wanted to keep my gym and just decided I was going to keep my head down and try to roll it all together. And I, right. I, I still, I still, you know, have a lot to thank, you know, be thankful for from that regard that I met a lot of people there at the school because of my skill set. But, um, uh, one of which was Tom Hyde. So again, I, I have a hard time believing that I would be doing a lot of the stuff I was doing today if I had not gone there. So I think you bring um, up a good point. Like, uh, you know, oftentimes, I don't know if you get this question a lot, but people ask about um, different uh, continuing education courses, like mm-hmm. when I'm not teaching. And there's not one, I've been to some that I would not, I would say I have not integrated those techniques into my practice. Sure. But I certainly learned a lot, mm-hmm. not necessarily what they were sending out to teach me, which might have been, <laughs> don't ever present this way. Don't ever say that. Don't ever argue <laughs> about that. Um, but you learn it every one of them. And you know, like a lot of people throw out the baby with the bathwater, like, you know, Sherman, you stuck out like a highlighter for Tom to meet you at Sherman because you were different. If you were yeah. at, um, you know, if you were in the sports clinic at Logan, you probably would have blended right in or been like, Might hey, have. he's pretty good. And Might this, have, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this allowed you to, uh, develop this life that seems pretty good. You seem like you're it, it, it works out. So because of my background, um, I graduated from the University of Toledo with a degree in um, something called kinesiotherapy. It's exercise science kinesiotherapy. I'd, I'd initially gone there to go uh, to physical therapy school. And once they had me on campus and I had signed on the dotted line for my football scholarship, they said, yeah, those two things aren't going to coexist. You're going to have to choose one or the other. So it was an easy choice, get school paid for. So I ended up in a program called kinesiotherapy, which is actually a, a fairly old um, profession to um, really kind of hit its, its uh, stride in World War One, World War Two, I believe, one of those two, um, because of the people coming home from war. Um, they're predominantly uh, employed in in the VAs, so um, I decided to, to go that route, at least for my undergrad, and actually mm-hmm. learned an extensive amount of rehabilitation, just none of the passive stuff. So I have a degree in rehabilitation. Um, so to kind of circle back around to your original question, I, I've been instructing as a, as an, a professor since 2009 when I graduated from Sherman, uh, because at that very time, they actually had to have physiotherapy brought back on campus, if you can believe that. It wasn't even on campus. They had to contract with somebody to have them qualify students to be able to take the physiotherapy exam. And whoever I, just picture, it was, the, I just picture that conversation, like if we took it out of context standing in front of the board at Sherman saying, listen, I've been through rehab myself and now I can guide all those others struggling (laughs) and take them through rehab as well. And we will find success for these young men and women who need rehab, you know, but 
if we just look at the court recordings of it when it's typed down on paper, that'd be pretty funny to bring up to. Uh, it, it, yeah, it would look uh, kind of damning, but um, <laughs> but luckily, yeah, we're chiropractors. We don't take notes, so uh, no, we don't we have records of and that. If, and if we do, they're shoddy with check marks. Yeah. So <laughs> big ups to Greg Friedman on that comment. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So so now you're at at Texas, um, yep. and I I love the idea of a guy who, you know, the the what is the danger zone of of getting a a um, academic position is every day you get more out of touch than the day before, right? Well, a little bit, I suppose. You're, you've, uh, you found the vaccine to that, which is teaching the, the point of the spear of continuing education out on the road, right? So you're seeing the practicing doctors and getting the pointed questions. And so you're able to kind of navigate both of those at the same time. Yes. And what, what do you, uh, gosh, like what do you see is going on in the profession since you have a, a great you, you see people at the very front end, right? The, the term one yeah. young student with the eyes wide open yeah. and then the uh, grizzled, angry veteran out on the exactly. road. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I, I totally see both. Yeah. I see both ends of the spectrum. That's, and it's funny you, you, you caught that because a lot of people don't you know, see it, but you, you live in that world too. So um, out on the road, I do, I get to, I get to see the things that these students could potentially become and do what I can to either help that because there's some things I do want to encourage, but then there are, you know, maybe some habits that I would like to discourage, uh, you know, so from some of the old grizzly veterans, you know, I, I see, how do I say this nicely? Um, I, I think sometimes we get into our routines and we forget what standard of care actually is, uh, best practices, or we never got it. Therefore we were never made aware that it was something we should be paying attention to. So, um, I, I see a pretty significant lack of good examination. You know, we talked a lot about this at, at Forward uh, with Greg. You know, I don't think our assessments are really up to par. And uh, if we're not doing right assessments, we're not doing the right diagnosis. And if we don't have the diagnosis, we, we don't have anything. So um, that's kind of one of my missions. Obviously, being out of the road is, is the assessment, the diagnosis, and the treatment part. But here at the school, it's you know, I get to kind of walk them through the entire process from, from start to finish. So, um, I would definitely say that both are valuable because then I can take my experiences here at the school and take them back out to the road and say, listen, this is what these students are coming out with. This is what these doctors are going to come out with. And they're going to drive you into the pavements if you don't get up to speed on the stuff they know too. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a, there's a give and take. So I, I'm very encouraged about, you know, where we're going as a profession uh, what education is is looking like as we move forward, and hope that um, the rest of the profession can adapt with it as we move forward. Yeah, I think you know you said the. I think the access and the opportunity that's out there right now for the, I, chiropractors live in this world, but the hands-on provider of right now, can you make me better? If you look in the sports world there is not a professional athlete or team I can think of that doesn't have somebody that fills the do something to make me better right now bucket. Not the, I mean, it used to be driven all by the orthopedic surgeon usually or whoever the, the team physician was. Right. But now you're seeing that the director of performance, which is typically a chiropractor, physical therapist, or a sports science background, you know, right. sports analysis maybe, or, or the science piece 
they have one on the team and it's like, hey, uh, LeBron showed up, his ankle's kind of tight. That used to be like, well, monitor and let me know if there's any problem after the game. And now it's like, freaking Todd, get in there, do something. You know, We're going to work it. Exactly yeah. right. And, but you're seeing that and, and it's great because when that occurs, the skill set, I think that takes the skill set of the progressive, um, well-trained chiropractor uh, regardless of where they graduated from or you know, <laughs> what letters came before DC or what letters come after DC, nobody gives a shit. What right. they care about is, can you make me better right now? That's it. It's and when you got results on skills and minimal amount of tools, you know, basically uh, like you teach factor, I can keep a multi-tool in my pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. And be like, Hey, right now I can do something for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. I was going to say, you've seen that at all levels. Cause I'm sure you've, had people in factor courses. I certainly have had them. I mean, I was teaching, I told the story before, but I was teaching SFMA and we teach it in pods, right? So it breaks up yeah. and it's shoulder pod. So I have the shoulder, uh, the shoulder assessment piece and freaking Eric Cressy's in my group. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, like, you know, but a perfect example here I am. I'm a chiropractor. Eric's not, you know, Eric's a, a, a strength and conditioning coach, yeah, yeah. which in the old style of thought is like, Oh, that's a, you know, that is a designation below that, which I have, which is like a doctor of chiropractic, but anymore, it's like, no, 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 Eric Cressy, like whatever he says, will supersede that of any doctor at any time in the world of baseball. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and, uh, anyways, I'm sure you've had some people come through factor that are doing, uh, sports chiropractic at the highest level. I know you've gone and done, uh, performed as a, as a clinician at the highest levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what are you seeing? A lot of people are getting into and any good stories you want to share about your time down in beautiful Rio? Oh, I think, yeah. So I, um, I was in, uh, in Pyeongchang at the last Olympics. Okay. In, in the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No worries. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny to your point. I've had plenty of people come through classes. I mean, shoot, just teaching a class with Tom Hyde alone is like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's about as nerve wracking as it gets, but you know, you made a point here a little while ago that you'll walk out of every situation having learned something. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're not expecting it. Sometimes it's like, well, now I know not to do that. Or it's, wow, I never thought of it like that. So there's always an, an opportunity for learning. So um, I, I'm not going to say that I don't get um, a little anxious every time I've got somebody coming through a course that uh, I either have a very high regard for or as a mentor of mine. Um, of course you're going to get nervous. I mean, you want to, you know, put your best foot forward, but at the end of the day, I have good experience and I have things and I have stories that might be valuable to them too. So I can't discount the fact that even though they're my mentor, that I don't have something valuable to say. Um, and by the way, nothing makes a mentor more proud. The best way to serve them is show them what you've learned, right? That's like, exactly right. That is that is exactly right. You know, um, not not holding your light under a basket, so to speak. But um, yeah, these these all these little, little um, segments of my life along the way kind of culminated earlier this year to be able to go to Pyeongchang with uh, the women's Nigerian bobsled team, the first first one in uh, in uh, African history. So it's it's very cool from that standpoint to have. Uh, been able to participate with, with a historical team like that. That wasn't like a, a joke that you made right there. You truly, there truly is a Nigerian women's bobsled team. Bobsled and skeleton federation. So they, uh, yeah, they, they have a, a bobsled team, a burgeoning bobsled team and uh, a skeleton team as well. Both, both disciplines got to compete last year or in, wow. in the last game. So 
They, now, um, how the hell does a guy go from Sherman <laughs> Chiropractic College to Houston, Texas, uh, likes to smoke some uh, barbecue, yeah, yeah, somehow smash cut to uh, in Korea, not with Koreans, with not Nigerians, with Koreans. and not just any Nigerians, female Nigerians who also are either skeleton or bobsled competitive. <laughs> yeah, if that's not for the makings of another movie, I don't know what is. Right. But um, no, so th- there's actually a, a more simple explanation to it. So uh, in 2000, the early 2000s, I got kind of involved with bobsled. A good friend of mine that I played college football with, he ended up making the U.S. national team as a push athlete and made the wow. 06 games. So um, I have a little bit of a history with bobsled from a training standpoint. He was on the U.S. team? He was on the U.S. team and then awesome. made the, the Olympic team, yeah, in 06. Um, so I had gotten a lot of experience through that. So when I got to here to Texas, uh, there was – at the time, she was a U.S. national athlete. Oh, I thought you got to South Texas, started looking around for bobsled teams. <laughs> uh, what do you guys yeah, do hey, around here for everybody? Uh, skeleton? Anyone? <laughs> oh, no? Okay. Yeah. Quiet. It was like crickets. <laughs> but uh, at the time, she was a, uh, a U.S. push athlete, uh, Sean Adigan. She was a student here at TCC. And in her time here, her federation, well, the, the soon to become federation, uh, the country of Nigeria reached out to her and said, hey, we're, we're looking at getting into this. And very long story short, she did an extreme amount of work to be able to get qualified for the Olympics. And uh, so that's now how I was a Nigerian, not as an American. Yeah. So she, she is Nigerian American. Her parents are um, Nigerian immigrants. And uh, she was born here along with her other two team members, Um, same situation, uh, Nigerian parents, but born here in the States. So because of that, they could compete one direction or the other. So uh, Sean and um, uh, the other two ladies were able to compete for Nigeria because of their their, uh, genealogy. So that's how I got hooked up with them. I wish there was some kind of really cool The Olympic trials for the Nigerian bobsled team are a little less demanding than the American. A little less demanding, yeah. As in, um, you could be a full-time grad student as well as. So, fortunately, she was kind of coming towards the end of her her time here. So, okay. from a class standpoint, there there wasn't you know nearly the the academic requirements, but she still had all of her clinic requirements to get through. So, I mean, she doubled down on a, in a lot of places to try to get done and through. And I mean, I, I don't know how she did it. I mean, it was truly an amazing feat to pull Dude. it off. Uh, she's an Olympian. I mean, like that explains a lot, right? Like a two-time Olympian. She was yeah. a sprinter in the London games. My buddy, uh, my buddy, when I first moved to Las Vegas, a friend of mine who's a business mentor, we would have lunch almost every week. He yeah. said, if anybody ever walks in that was a collegiate wrestler, hire them and figure out what to do with them later. Exactly. Said, because <laughs> you're never going to worry about work ethic or long days. Or he's like, they spend 24 hours in a plastic bag in a sauna so whatever long shifts you think you're going to have at your office are going to be nothing. But yeah. I think if, if you just, you know, have you competed in the Olympics? Yes. Okay, we'll hire you and we'll figure out what to do with you later because yeah. you know how to push, right? We'll, we'll sort that out later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so the, her work ethic along with her, her teammates are, are just phenomenal. So to be able to, and I actually, I truly like this. I, I like working with those high-level amateur athletes because – the drive is still there. Like they're not doing it for money. A lot of people don't understand that for the most part, Olympic athletes are basically broke. Now you got your Sean Whites and your Michael Phelps. Those, those are kind of your outliers, but the rest of these folks are doing it because they, they love what they do. And mm-hmm. the goal is to make it to the games. Like that's the pinnacle, you know, that, 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 um, that dream of standing on top of a podium 
getting a medal. You know, maybe they may get a little bit of scratch for it, but for the most part, these these guys, these gals and guys make it through. Yeah, most know, of the time, the Olympians from other countries are it's essentially military service. I mean, yeah. they train on a military base, they live in military barracks. Essentially, it's a little bit nicer, but that's because there's and it's you get paid a military wage. You know, like that's it. two funny little stories for you, buddy. Uh, amateur little word, you know, a provocateur means, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody who provokes. Mm-hmm. Amateur comes from the root word of love, which is amour. So mm-hmm. amateur is somebody who does it for the love of the sport. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And uh, and then I heard from somebody that the uh, the Koreans have a deal. You can get out of, there's a, what is that called? Uh, you have to do military service by, two years of military service by your 30th birthday. Right. Uh, what is, I forgot what that's called, but anyways, um, the only way to get out of that is a gold medal in the pan pan Asian games or uh, the Olympics. And so <laughs> when golf became an Olympic sport, a letter went out to the G- Korean golfers, IK Kim and all these. And uh, that was basically a reminder that the requirement <laughs> is not to golf in the Olympics. It's to win a gold medal at which <laughs> you will be forgiven, but you get a silver and it's like, you know, show up to the base on Monday. Yeah, you were close, but sorry. Yeah. Thanks a lot, and we appreciate what you've done. Now grab that weapon and start training. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, when you were there, and and through your experience at university and through Factor, are you seeing more and more chiropractors pursuing that highest level of sport and being involved? Uh, you know, and that's much like uh, the the athletes. We are constantly pushing to try to reach that higher level, and. Mm-hmm. I've said it before and I will absolutely say it again and I'll take it to task because I think sports chiropractic is going to be, if it isn't already, the major driving force behind the profession, at least right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets us a lot of accolade. It gets us a lot of uh, cultural authority. You know, when you can look at all the NFL teams and there's a chiropractor associated with it, when you look at the Olympics. We sent uh, seven chiropractors, I believe, for the U.S. national team. Um, we, are, we are reaching it at the highest levels. And then see, when you see uh, a chiropractor working with their golfer out on the field, in the field on live television, it's like, you know, that's, those are those places where we shine. And I truly believe that's where people will learn more that, hey, we're not just, you know, whack them, crack them, quacks. Try to say that five times fast. Um, yeah. Um, that people will start to truly understand what value there is in what we do. So yeah, I think the students and even now those that have been out of school for a while, I'm still, I'm always pushing myself to try to learn that next best thing. And that's not because I'm trying to accumulate techniques. It's I'm trying to jettison the old stuff that doesn't work for me anymore and bring in new uh, ideas, new thought processes, new whatever tools that, that will serve me. So uh, I think, you know, Stuart McGill talks about it in um, uh, another podcast that he's kind of agnostic when it comes to um, techniques and whatnot, that he goes in with a fresh set of eyes every time. And, and I'm trying to do that myself by, you know, not typecasting every single patient into, oh, they, they all need instrument assisted or, oh, they all need hands-on manual therapy, that every single person comes in with a different set of requirements. And, um, I, I see that happening. You know, I still see a lot of accumulation. A lot of students still want all the letters when they graduate, but, uh, what I'm most concerned about is they come out with all these techniques, but don't entirely know when to apply them. So yeah. uh, a big push for me is assessment. And I know that's a, you know, a, a good touch point for you as well. Yeah. No, but I think like when you, like, I'm, I'm shocked. 
when I talk to students now, like they have, before they graduate, they have way more hours than I probably had in my first five or 10 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's like you're, you go down to like, you know, Lowe's and you buy a set of tools and you buy every single tool that they sell and then you pour it into like a 50-pound <laughs> drum. And it's like, you don't need tools. What you need is organization and figuring out like, you know, if I just tell you, reach in there and grab the first thing and you're like, it's a crescent wrench. I go, no, hammer, hammer those nails. It's like, well, this works like shit. It's like, yeah, that's right. There's a reason. But you know what? It's really good for a specific thing. You just have to figure out if you need that specific thing. That's exactly right. They've, they've seemed to forget that. But I, I don't want to say that they haven't forgot that. I, I appreciate their enthusiasm and the fact that they're out there going, hey, I have extra time and a little extra money. It's worth it for me to go get trained. That attitude is going to take them very far in the profession. And, and you, that's exactly right. And I'm, I was going to circle back around to that. So, you know, to kind of get back to what you were asking, you know, what do I see? I see students really working hard to the best of their, their ability to accumulate based upon necessity. They see where we're going and they want to be a part of that. They want to be able to contribute at the highest mm -hmm. level. Therefore, they, they absorb as much education as they can. And there's a catch-22 there. I think it's great that they're motivated to get that information. But again, if you don't know what to do with that information clinically, then it doesn't serve you. So one of my big recommendations for the students that I have direct contact with here is get comfortable with something, get good at something before you jump on to the next thing. You know, don't go to um, a factor seminar one weekend and then circle back around the next weekend after that and go do uh, DNS or, or, you know, any one of the, the really good ones out there. Get comfortable with what you've already learned first and then go start to add on once you feel proficient at it. I think, yeah, I think it's like the early days uh, of the MMA. I think yeah. you're about my age. And I don't know if you remember the days before you had these ultra athletes, these guys that mm -hmm. were damn good at jujitsu, kickboxing, wrestling, you know, everything. And it was, you would see like a, a Randy Couture, right? Grew yeah, up yeah. wrestling, wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. And when he would get threatened, he took a big hit. He would fall back into like monkey brain and go right to what he's good at, which was wrestling. That's it. And, and it worked. And mm -hmm. Chuck Liddell would try and, you know, punch, punch his way out of a situation. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Tank Abbott, if anybody remembers him, he'd either go to drinking or punching. And in the ring, you know, you can't drink. He, I'm sure he <laughs> lobbied for that, but not, was not allowed. So he then punched his way out. And that guy won way more events than he should have. And I think it's the same in chiropractic. Like you went into chiropractic school with rehab. And so mm -hmm. I would guess if I looked at you in student clinic, when you got nervous, when you got scared, you probably said, how can I rehab my way out of this? Right. Yeah. And, and other people are like, if they're, you know, Gonstead docs and they, they've done 400 hours of Gonstead work, they're going to try and adjust their way out of it. And I don't think there's any problem with that. As long as you recognize that sometimes that doesn't work, it doesn't work every time. Right. Well, yeah, you're right. And let's, let's just go ahead and pull back the curtain so we can take a dark look at the, the look at the dark side of the profession. I wasn't even allowed to do rehab in student clinic. So any of my clinical experience, you weren't allowed. They would throw you out of school over it. And I know it hasn't changed at that. I swear to God, this conversation is out of 1932. It's, I tried to rehab probably school. Like. They would. They would absolutely throw you out of school over it. And um, I know for a fact it was like that at other schools. Now, I, I think the, the 
winds of change are blowing hard enough that some schools are at least reevaluating some of their stance on that. But yeah, so I would have loved to have defaulted back to some of my rehab to, to get people up. But I was, I was forced into a, a model of care that this is your tool. Okay. Whatever it is, this is a hammer. If you need to uh, tighten down a screw over there, well, you've just better figure it out because this is all you've got. And wow. that's, that's the sad part about what's coming out right now. And I will speak out. The downside of this, Todd, is in another 15 or 20 years, you're going to be like one of those angry guys who's telling the kids to get <laughs> off his lawn. Like back in your day, I had to figure out how to turn a screw with a hammer. And you always have all these tools and certifications. Get out of here. Still can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You'll be a, uh, angry at all of them with like these amazing skill sets that they've attained. And I, I, you know yeah. what, for them, I hope you're right. For them, I hope you're right. For me, no, I'm not. We'll be right back with the interview with Dr. Todd Riddle after this message. Hey, I'm excited that Clinic Gym Radio now has a sponsor. Uh, you may have heard it before, but Clinic Gym Radio is now sponsored by the CSA Circle, which is the Chiropractic Success Academy Circle run by Dr. Kevin Christie and Dr. Bobby Maybe. Now, a lot of you may know Dr. Kevin Christie from his uh, Modern Chiropractic Marketing Podcast. I think it's a fantastic listen. But even more importantly, uh, Dr. Christie is, sell- is sharing his ideas and what he's learned over the years of being a content producer on the CSA circle. So if you're looking to really advance your clinic, and as you know, I think that a, a successful clinic is paramount in the clinic gym model. If you want to advance your clinic, One of the best things you can do is is become a great content provider for your community, right? So you have to produce quality content on a constant basis to help your community uh, know what you do and keep you top of mind. And every month, Dr. Christie is releasing some more information in the CSA circle, all about how to be a great producer. And that's along with learning how to be a great clinician and a great business person within their program. So if you're interested, I'd highly recommend you check out membership.com csacircle.com again that's membership.csacircle.com and the csa stands for chiropractic success academy and uh, i think you should really check this out because this will give you all the tools to have a successful clinic and every month they're releasing more and more information having more and more interaction with their community you got a great facebook page um, a private group that talks about all the issues of being a great clinician business owner producer doctor and, and really working on that success mindset and understanding and t- accounting and taxes and diagnosis, examination, all those things. So I think this is a fantastic program for you to check out. Once again, go ahead and check out membership.csacircle.com and you can check out the rest of the Chiropractic Success Academy right there. And now back to our interview with Dr. Todd Riddle. What would be the Todd Riddle dream of the future of sports chiropractic? Like what would be... Uh, if you had your way, you're, you're on the bleeding edge with the CEO yeah. teaching. You're on the, um, what you can, as they, as we say, lovingly online, you, you've got, you can motivate the noobs, right? Like the, the youngins and you're seeing everything in between. And, uh, how do we take our opportunities and maximize them? How about that? Cause I think it's there's never been a time where there's been more opportunity to be, if you're excellent, there's not a door that's closed to you. Correct. Um, the problem is we need more doors. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I think the future of, of chiropractic, particularly sports chiropractic, is extremely bright, but we still need more exposure. I mean, at all levels. Professional teams have picked up on that and see a value in us. Uh, I, I see a little bit of resistance, at least in the 
um, exposure to the college teams that I've had that it, it seems a little harder to get in at that level. Um, but I think as much exposure as we can get would be, would be huge. So, um, in my ideal world, there would be more professional parity, you know, people seeing the value in what we can bring to the table. Uh, but on the flip side of things, we do a better job playing as team members of a overall sports medicine team. You know, a lot of chiros try to push their way in and, and say, well, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. When you just need to realize that thing they brought you in for, and then let them discover in their own time what you're capable of doing. You know, we had a uh, really great athletic trainer um, who oversees all of the high school sports here in the Houston area, um, came in and just kind of set it straight to our, our sports, our sports council that, you know, if you come at me with an attitude, uh, I'll shut you down right there. Cause I am the gatekeeper. And mm-hmm. if I don't like what you're saying, if you're not, you know, proving to me that you're ready to be a part of our team there, you, you won't get anywhere close to us. So, um, I know there's kind of a long winded answer there, but I think we need more exposure, but I think we need to do a maximally good job with the, the, the opportunities that we get. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if, if there's like a young doc, well, not even young, but well, I'll, I'll use a non young doc. Look at, uh, do you know Troy Van Beesen up in Dallas? Yeah, exactly. He worked with one golfer and did really well. And then he got a second one and got a third one. And then, he happened to be treating Jordan Spieth long before Jordan Spieth was dominating golf. And then at the point where, you know, if Jordan Spieth tells anybody, I want this guy to, you know, have full access, like that's what happens. And it's exactly right. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, uh, there's that resistance, but I know that there was a chiropractor working with Drew Brees when he was down in the San Diego chargers and it was, Hey, I want, I want this guy to work with me. Now that training room, uh, might be resistant, but can't be. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so, and I would tell you like a great door that a lot of people don't, if you have the opportunity to work with an athlete who's pretty damn good and is in an individual sport, Mm -hmm. that is an easier way in my experience to get into professionals or, or the highest level of play rather than trying to become the team chiropractor for a, you know, a a team at any level. Hey, I want to be the, you know, team chiro for Manchester United. That's going to be a tough, a tough putt. But if, uh, some player from that team walks in, hope that they're, they've got some injuries that'll, you know, uh, respond well to some quality care and deliver it to them and then be a nice human being. Like, don't, like if anybody can't, if I come over to your office and I'm like, Todd, I know that you're well-respected, but uh, l- let me tell you how this is going to go. Exactly. Like, get out of here. Like, right. bricks. And yeah, so many guys are like, hey, we want to bring you in, you know, to use the tool analogy to hammer nails. And they come in like, well, you know, I'm also good at, uh, turning wrenches and this and that. It's like, shut up, hammer nails for a while and just be the best nail hammer yeah. for a year or two and show people that you know what the hell you're doing. Wax on, wax off. That's all yes. you're going to get to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, so. and, you know, that's, and you remind me, that's one more thing that I probably would bring up is you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. You know, you got to be able to put the time in. I, I do feel, and it worries me a little bit, that there are folks coming into the profession or, you know, new to it that think, all right, well, I'm sports chiropractor. Now, first of all, that's not even very clearly defined. Uh, but second of all, in what capacity have you worked in sports? Have you worked a sideline? Have you been on a field? Have you worked with an athlete? Um, you know, th- this isn't just you show up and go, okay, now wh- where do you guys want me? It's no, you're going to start probably working with the Kiwi football team, um, you know, doing pre-participation physicals and, 
and some uh, care of the eight-year-old running back that's the star for the, the, the peewee team. That's where you're going to start. And then hopefully that eight-year-old will develop into an 18-year-old and then a 24-year-old at times a yeah. multi-million dollar deal. And that's, that's how this goes. You got to yep. put your time in. I just heard a story from a friend of mine who got an offer from a team, a professional sports team that you would watch on TV. And uh, the offer was to be the lead uh, rehab specialist. And he would work for a, somebody else who was the lead of performance, the head of performance. This person's never worked on a professional setting before in their life. They got offered uh, 150 grand plus a one quarter player share for playoffs, which that, that can be a lot of money if they do Just well, <laughs> right? And that's the first year offer. All right. This yes. isn't, and, and in, in professional sports, they, those offers climb pretty quick if you do a good job, right? Yep. That's right. And this person turned it down because he wasn't the director. I said, you're an idiot. Like yeah. you have never worked in this world before. And you think that on day one, they're going to, like you're saying, just because you claim that you're something special, that you're going to get it. Yeah. You are at, you've lost your friggin' mind. Like get your foot in the door, do it for free and volunteer to mop the court afterwards. You know, Jesus, dude. Every locker room I've ever walked into, every training room, I've, every time I've walked in hat in hand, just ready to work, tell me where you want me. You're right. If you, if you want me to sweep the floor, if that's what I need to do to keep my, my foot in here, then that's what I'm going to do. Obviously, metaphorically speaking. But um, yeah, you've got, you've got to be able to put the time in, set the ego aside, because that's where we get in a lot of trouble. So that was what I was saying earlier was we've got to do the best we can with the opportunities that we're given, because that's where we get the bad name is so-and-so showed up, thought they could run the locker room and they get thrown out in three days because neither the team nor the sports med team could stand them. So, yeah. And by the way, if you get a new job anywhere, interview the lowest ranking member you can like ask the janitor who's really in charge and (laughs) ask the assistant to the assistant athletic trainer who runs the locker room and you'll get some good info very quickly. You do. You really do. Yeah. Well, uh, last question. Uh, so we kind of, took a left turn there, but for chiropractic, you think exposure is going to help us in the sports world, more exposure, more utilization, being great people individually, right? Yes. That's, yeah. that's going to drive us forward. Anything else that you think is going to change the world of uh, sports chiropractic and get us more acceptance? Better organization. Um, I, I, right. And I kind of alluded to it a minute ago that w- what a sports chiropractor is, is kind of poorly defined. Is it because you have some letters behind your name? I would argue, no, that, that doesn't mean that at all. That just means that you were proficient enough to get you through a test. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I, these, I think these college kids that get an MBA straight after a bachelor's and have never worked in a business in their life. It's like, until you try to make payroll a couple times and it's been tight, you don't know yeah. shit about business. You know so nothing about it. <laughs> when you're laying awake at night. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. If you've never, as Tom Plummer says, if you've never been under your desk, sipping on cheap scotch, wishing the place would burn down around you, you're not truly a gym owner. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's entirely right. But uh, I think better organization professionally. I, I would say that across the board. It's not just with sports chiropractic, but um, our governing bodies, if, if that's what we'll call them, uh, probably need to do a better job of identifying talent and making it more inclusive. and. Um, I'll, I'll just say it, not, not so much of a club. So uh, I don't think we're identifying the best talent out there. I think we're, we're just identifying the ones that are, that are willing to um, jump through a small hoop in order to 
uh, get their name on a list. I don't, I don't think passing a test is the entire reason you should. So I think it should come down to experience. Um, and, uh, like I say, I, I keep making some left turns there, but I think better organization from, from whatever governing body, um, is, yeah, in this, is, in this way, I would sport. say that the, the, uh, USPTA is it the, uh, APTA, the American physical therapy association, they kick yeah. our ass on organization. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. they, they do their combined sections, which is everybody, you Love know, and, yeah. and then they do their sports section meeting mm-hmm. and neuro and stroke rehab. And, you know, they're very clearly defined. And then every president of every section is up for vote every year. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're good, guess what? You stay in office. If you stay, you're yeah, you're out. And in that way you, you, and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know anybody that would want to live a life where if you suck, you maintain the job. Like, you know, when you go to bed at night, like if you're, if you really should be there, you know, right. you know it. And, and to have that objective ability to say like, Todd, you know, you've served the sports council for a lot of years, but now you're 57 years old and you're uh, telling the kids to get off your lawn and you're angry, <laughs> you're out. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, you know, there's some kid who just the class of 2032 just graduated and there's some, there's some fire breathers in there. Yeah. Like, you want to know that, right? That, that's why we love sports. I think is it's a perfect meritocracy. It, you're absolutely right. It's, it's money or not money, but uh, money does talk obviously, but uh, numbers talk more than anything right. else. That if you're, if you're getting the W's, you're going to keep your job. If you're right. chalking up L's. Sorry. I mean, you played, you played football and yeah. right. You played, you had a college uh, scholarship, you said, and at some point, you realize you, you can't like go to that next level, nope. and it, but it, there's no argument there, you know? So yeah, that's exactly it wasn't right. a boys club of like, Hey, uh, Hey coach, uh, you know, my dad, uh, donated a lot of money. Why don't you uh, throw me on the field again? It's like, that's, a, that's exactly right. So. And so, you know, that's what I think we need. We need a, a governing body, whoever that is to really step up and start organizing this thing. There's a lot of infighting in our profession. And I think what? we just need to, we need to leave that behind. in our profession. Yeah. I've heard some things or two about it. There's this, this mm-hmm. Facebook page, but yeah, um, somebody, uh, somebody brought up to me in a conversation that said, yeah, maybe we can, you know, at some point uh, unite the profession and blah, blah, blah. And I said, when we do that, we'll clink our glasses on the surface of the moon. Cause I think both of those would take about the same amount of energy. That, that's exactly right. Maybe even farther. So <laughs> On our way to Mars. That's yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if we could just start focusing our energy into the, more appropriate places. Again, who's chalking up the W's who's, who's, who's getting stuff done. And the sports right. chiropractors are hands down making moves. And right. uh, I'd like to see a lot more attention and energy being focused there, you know, whether me, it's financially from our government or from our governing bodies, whatever. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. I mean, I, I, I subscribe in some place, uh, some places in sports rehab to the, are you familiar with the Sasquatch theory? Uh, maybe, uh, so there was a talk for a long time for different types of um, care where it's like, we're searching for something that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But if we yeah. keep talking about this item, it'll continue to exist in the lexicon and therefore it exists. Therefore like, it exists. Yeah. Sasquatch. Like if you didn't ever, if we never talked about them, it would have died with that crappy fake videotape. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, as a guy that was at Sherman, you were in the straightest of the straights. I was. Now, you, you're out doing rehab and, uh, you know, you're, you are personally causing BJ Palmer to roll over in his grave repeatedly. <laughs> uh, do you think that part of our issue is that we just keep talking about this infighting? And in fact, it doesn't exist nearly to the amount that we say it exists. 
yes, I do. I think we sensationalize it to the point that we, we stoke the, the coals enough to keep it going. Okay. If you ignore the problem at some point, like you said, it goes away. So I don't, I would love to see a point where we just finally go. And I think we're starting to turn that point in some places. Um, again, a little shout out to the FTCA group. They're, they're, they're making their strides. They're trying to leave behind the old stuff and look ahead to what's new. You know, there's that old proverb, you're looking behind you, you can't see where you're going. Um, if we keep looking behind us, we'll never see where we could get to. And yeah, so if we stopped talking about it, stop giving, giving so much energy to that infighting, imagine what we could do with that, that newfound energy with all those, that newfound brain space. I know, mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt in my mind with the brains that we have in this profession that we could come up with some pretty astounding solutions to the biggest problems we face. And right now that loud sect of chiropractors that, you know, really kind of drive us all crazy would cease to exist. If, if we just collectively put our brains together, um, it wouldn't cease to exist. We could transition them someplace else. So. Very cool. All right. So let's stop talking about the problem and fix it. That's it. You know, a lot less talk, a little more action. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, Todd, I appreciate the time. If people want to reach out to you to talk more about this or to hook up with a factor course or learn how to be the best uh, sports chiropractor they can be, how can they get a hold of you? Well, at tcc.com. How do they? (laughs) So, yeah, my, uh, I'm, I'm on all the socials, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me there. Uh, The problem is that people click on that and then they see this incredibly attractive woman that you claim is your wife. And they're like, there's no possible way that's the right Todd Riddle, right? I know. Yeah. Well, there's a, there must be a same name game here. (laughs) There must be somebody else out there. Yeah. Uh, No, that is, that is the truth. Um, I definitely, as they say, outkicked my coverage on, on that one. So, um, and she's got, uh, she's running the business side of things and making you money. Like my God, She's, yeah, she's, she's an amazing person to say the very least. Um, yeah. Poor decision-making on some fronts, but otherwise, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, you can't save them all. <laughs> Anyways, but, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So Dr. Todd 14 on Instagram, uh, Dr. Todd Riddle on uh, Facebook. And then <clears throat> as far as on uh, the internet factor dash store.com, that's F A K T R hyphen store.com. Okay. So that's where all of our good stuff is, uh, all the classes that uh, my wife's company puts on. And it's not just uh, ISA, IASTM, right? Like you guys, like you've got yeah. tape on, like there's a lot to that system. So the end, thank you for saying it. That's, that's exactly what we're, we're looking to do is factor. We don't want to accumulate techniques. We want to show a progressive way to take somebody from wherever you get them and take them from that place to... MMI or to, um, functional capacity, whatever you're going to call it. Or back uh, to, take, Hey, I'm playing my sport at the highest level. Like that's it. No problem. Yeah. That's it. I'm pushing so, this bobsled through Nigeria faster than anybody <laughs> has ever pushed it through Nigeria. That's it. So you, you take what you've already got and you, you come to class and we help you hone that. So it could be hands-on, it could be instrument. Yeah. We teach some taping. There's a ton of exercise. So it really is an action packed weekend, but uh, you know, I, I try to tell people that Factor isn't a verb. We don't factor people. Factor is a system. It's going to show you how to get them from one place to the to to the next. Nice. All yeah. right. Well, I hope people do uh, take advantage of that and and connect with you and get trained you. up and keep their eyes open because I, I believe it. 
I believe in everything you're saying about the, the, the future of the world of sports chiropractic is bigger and better than it's ever been. So I absolutely agree. I appreciate everything you're doing to push that forward. So on behalf of Dr. Todd Riddle and his amazing beard, this is Dr. Josh Statterly saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.